Welcome, friends. This is the Underground Writing Podcast for the week of July 16th, 2018. You're currently listening to the unedited, extended version of the Underground Writing Podcast. I'm Matt Malian, Director of Underground Writing. And I'm Alvin Shim, producer for the Underground Writing Podcast. On our bi-weekly podcast, we read and discuss a piece of writing by an underground writing student and briefly update listeners about what's happening in the program as a whole. Because we're a creative writing program serving at-risk populations, we do not mention students by name. We hope you enjoy this edition of the podcast. Today I'll be reading a poem uh, entitled Dear America, and uh, this poem has been on my mind because we've used this prompt a lot in our workshops, discussing things that are going on, things that students uh, love or are frustrated with about the country. So we've just passed July 4th, and it's on my mind because of that as well. Um, And also, the other day I got uh, a permission form back from this student uh, approving that his pieces will be in the book. So thought I'd read this piece. So this was written at one of our sites in juvenile detention, and it was written the day after the 2016 election. Uh, Students were reading and responding to works by Bob Dylan, James Baldwin, Langston Hughes, and Denise Levertov. Dear America, you have the power to do whatever you want to do. I just want to let you know that whatever you do, you do it on your own. One day, you're going to find out that everything you're doing is not cool. Why do you care about the color of people? What does color do to you? I know that people mess up, but look at you. So one of the things I've been thinking about in July 4th and around that time, and also in relation to this poem and this sort of thing, are, you know, the idea of anthems. What is an anthem? I was talking to someone yesterday about what is an anthem. Kind of came up with that an anthem is timely and timeless. It's universal and it's galvanizing. Brings people together, um, motivates change, that sort of thing. And I think in a way, this piece, Dear America, by the student, is sort of like a miniature anthem. I wouldn't say like we could broadcast it, you know, across the nation and it would galvanize uh, tons of people. And yet, it is a, it is a miniature anthem that I think is timely to our time and unfortunately it's timeless in the sense that we have had these problems in our country many of the problems we're experiencing now we've had these for a long time Mm -hmm. from the start Mm -hmm. and like we're discussing on the previous issue the book olio uh, that book about the african-american experience uh, in america has that sad timelessness too because those issues are still present in this poem written not out of that experience, but of another experience equally true in our time of of struggle with immigration issues and and these sorts of things. Yeah, that reminds me of when we we went to the Ellis Island Museum with the Magnet Leaders Club and going through all the exhibits of our history, of our proud history of hating X group of people that came over with the same argument. They're gonna take our jobs, they're gonna gonna dilute our cultural purity, um, they're not going to integrate well and become like us. They're not going to learn the language, et cetera. All these things that we hear ad nauseum about Mexican people at the border. And we've said it about 
all sorts of people that have in our history turned around and said it about other people yeah walking through those exhibits with those with the students we'd never seem to get it right and i found it fairly haunting i mean you have a bunch of relics mm -hmm. actual you have the rooms where people were discerned Mm -hmm. assessed right. to see if they were okay to stay we also walked through and maybe you saw this too we walked through the room of relics where they had actual relics of like clothing mm -hmm. and they highlighted different cultures and they had displays of like the clothing and the books and the if there were um religious ornaments they brought with them and and uh pictures photographs and it was it was haunting and it was humbling and i and i personally felt uh, a mixture of emotions that left me confused and i was with a group of four students mm -hmm. you know they were you know uh, by turns sitting down and taking a break and i can only imagine what they were processing mm -hmm. i felt like i didn't want to ask them directly because i just wanted them to have that freedom to have that space and um and i still don't fully know uh the mixture of emotions in, in total that i felt but definitely kind of more feeling more informed just by being in that space more informed about the issues that are going on now in a different way kind of in a in an embodied way mm -hmm. where i feel it more than it's just some like abstract academic discussion right that's in the news right. you know and i think the poem you know this the dear america poem that this student has written and we have a number of students that have written these poems and we're hoping to put them in a small chapbook and mm -hmm. make it available uh, for people uh, later on but this poem um, in the Dear America series I, I think is timely because it came right after the election it's a response to that but and it's timeless because I think uh, it'll be true I hope it's not true in 20 years but I my my guess is and not even trying to be cynical my guess is it will be accurate still mm -hmm. we will still have those struggles mm -hmm. um, I think it's un it's universal in aim because it's talking about issues that are struggles around the world it's obviously more specific in this case because it's talking about the American context. I looked up the word galvanizing in Merriam-Webster and it says, to subject to the action of electric current, especially for the purpose of stimulating physiologically. And I sure. think that's really interesting sure. because that's, yeah. what a, that's what an anthem yeah, song that's what does. Too. <laughs> it shocks us awake. It, it, it propels us into action, I mm -hmm. think. And often, I, I would, did not mention this to the person I was talking to yesterday about this, but... We see this sometimes in religious settings where a song is often sung before a theological doctrine is created. Mm -hmm. And so singing leads into action or leads into kind of formal uh, progress. And I think some of the songs that, you know, I grew up listening, I did not grow up in the 60s, but I grew up listening to those songs. And I think some of those songs did that. They led to action, they led to formal change, and they galvanized people into movements mm -hmm. that created shifts seismic shifts at that time sadly not enough or enough for that time as much as they could but like we keep returning to there right. continue to be problems right i love that first line in the poem because it's it's completely true and it almost seems like no it, it is an empowering way to start the the letter to this nation you can do anything you want to do it's probably something that a teacher told that student, that young adult, and said, you, look, you can make decisions and it's your prerogative, but you're going to have to deal with the consequences. Like You can do good, constructive things. You can do dest destructive things. 
having said that, why do you hate X, Y, and Z? What is what is the purpose here? What's the motive of discrimination for something as arbitrary as skin color? And I often think, and I could be wrong about this, but I often think that those kind of discriminatory actions that we see at large in, in, in our community, mm-hmm. at large in the nation, really come from because things are kept in the abstract. Mm-hmm. You don't go and meet the neighbor next door who's of a different color, different culture, and get to know them and therefore have your opinions changed. You just, they're an abstract thing mm-hmm. that you can kind of put in a box and kind of treat as you want it. And I think there are probably large portions of Americans or anywhere in the world that that's, that's kind of how those things are treated. They're just ideas, abstract. And therefore, once they can be categorized like that, then you can do anything you want in a negative way. Mm-hmm. We see that in history and the wars and early 20th century with the rise of Nazism. I think a lot of it was once you can once you can abstractly think of people and objectify them in that way. Right. Then what does it matter if it dehumanizes a, an yeah. entire group? Of people have run on board. Right. Yeah, then it doesn't matter what happens to them. I it is it's. I'm not sure I would call it a life mod, motto, but one of the things I keep returning to is this James Baldwin quote. He wrote this uh, in his book, Notes of a Native Son, in 1955. And when I think about writing, and when I think about advocacy, and when I think about justice issues, and the merging of those three things, maybe social writing, I don't know if I like that label, but in that kind of um, convergence of those streams, his quote says, I love America more than any other country in this world, and exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. That's really come to mean a lot to mm-hmm. me. I, I think I, it's one of the things I keep returning to in this, particularly in this season of our, our country's existence. What's going on in the, in the world of underground writing? We just wrapped up the zine week at our YMCA Oasis Daylight Center site. The theme was uh, letters. So the students wrote letters, including Dear America pieces, mm-hmm. uh, but also letters to individuals or letters to imagined people or letters to an object even. Um, very fun week. And that zine, I think it's going to be released. Actually, by the time this podcast is released, it, it may have come out at the, the Oasis is doing an art auction to raise some funds oh, awesome. for Oasis. and. That'll happen the 14th of July. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying to get it out by then. But it was a good week. Also want to mention that, and I'll mention on the podcast once in a while, what our teachers are up to, our teaching writers, a great crew of people doing great creative work on their own outside of their teaching and outside of their other jobs. Our teacher, Suzanne, is going to be at Centrum, uh, which is the Port Townsend Writers Conference, and she'll be there July 15th to, uh, to the 22nd. And she'll be teaching alongside Bruce Beasley, who's her husband and an extremely fine poet. And also Ilya Kaminsky, who's a young, younger poet, um, who's doing amazing things in the world of poetry and advocacy and being an editor and critic. Uh, and his new book, Deaf Republic, will be out in 2019 from Grey Wolf. Also keep in mind that our June-July issue of the Underground Writing Newsletter just came out a couple days ago. And our teaching writer, Jennifer Morrison Hendricks, is talking about the trip we took to New York to see the play Miss You Like Hell. And it's also timely, too. She kind of um, weaves in some reflections on the current immigration issues 
that were the subject of the play and are even now more than ever, more than they were even in April when we were there, uh, present and uh, urgent. And you can sign up for this regular newsletter on the Underground Reading website. I was just that lonely kid, always isolated, not appreciated, yeah, the people hated. I cannot give up, so I had to make a choice to give up on my life. Today's featured writing is from What No One Ever Tells You, Underground Writing's first anthology of student writing. The book is scheduled for release in fall 2018. We'll have another episode for you in a couple of weeks. Let us know what you thought about this program. Email us at info.undergroundwriting.org. Connect with us via our website, undergroundwriting.org. Spread the word about our work by mentioning us on Facebook or Twitter. The Underground Writing Podcast is recorded and produced by Alvin Shim and Underground Writing. Our current theme music for this podcast is provided by Luis Lopez and the Migrant Leaders Club in the Mount Vernon School District. I'm Alvin Shim. And I'm Matt Malian. Thanks for listening. People making peace, so they killed them on the streets. Well, isn't that ironic? How can you and I believe in something that I've never seen? Place of faith on greater power that could have been a human being. I'm asking all these questions, but I'm only know I'm stretching. Religion, emotions, my goals have been oppressing. Deny that greater power, denial of my roots. Is there really a God? It's all what if it could. Life is full of false hopes of lies and a